Garrett Rennan. So this episode is about my relationship with Morosa, a plant known for its heart-opening feminine nature and how it took me on a path of testosterone, beer, and pine pollen. Also, stay tuned to the end of this episode where I give you my proven protocol for increasing testosterone naturally. So before we start, I encourage you all to reach out with any questions you have about my journey or anything I have discussed. So I want to announce that I have some new podcast gear available. I now have stickers, hats, mugs, and some new t-shirt and hoodie designs. The newest one says, Paquito Moss is the magic number which is related to my trip to Niwe Rao. There is also a new Deeper You Go, The Weirder It Gets shirt with a really cool eye design on the back, and there's a new cool psychedelic mushroom design. I also have fermented herbal tonics and pine pollen tinctures available, which I talk about at the end of this episode. And it's a great way to support the show and to support my year-long journey. And lastly, at the very least, if you enjoy this podcast, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a review. It's a simple gesture, but it really helps me out. And also my email and Instagram are located in the show notes. Okay, <clears throat> so let's get into it. So in some ways, this episode could be thought of as part four of the La Ultima Ceremonia series, as a lot of what this episode is about is a direct result of what happened to me during and the six months after my Sama with Morosa. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, I suggest you do, as it will provide a little more context to this episode. So in May of 2022... I went to Puerto Maldonado, Peru to open up a three-month plant sama with a plant called Morosa. Now, I didn't choose this plant. It was chosen for me. At the time, I was looking for a Shipibo teacher, and Pops was recommended to me by a friend. So while speaking with Sergio, Pops's son, I was told that if I was going to work with them, I had to start with a three-month uh, sama of Morosa. At the time... I didn't know much about the plant other than it was popular and highly revered in the Shipibo tradition. I also personally knew a couple people who had done a Sama with it, and they all spoke highly of their experience. Needless to say, based on the reviews, I was excited. Then, after doing some research, I found out that Morosa is considered to be a plant of love with strong feminine qualities which helps connect you to your feelings, emotions, and opens up your heart, helping you to become more compassionate and creative. So after learning about that, I became even more excited. See, because one of the big revelations I've had about myself since working with plant medicine is that for most of my life, I have been closed off emotionally. I never thought much about this, but once I discovered this about myself, I was quite shocked. I started looking back over my life and remembering certain experiences I had that should have elicited some sort of emotional response, only to realize that I felt nothing, no sadness, no empathy, no joy, no happiness, no compassion, and I had a hard time connecting to people on a deep level. Upon discovering this, I wondered what happened or didn't happen to me to cause me to essentially be emotionless. Well, after some contemplation, I realized it was the way I was raised, and it was the time I was raised. See, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and well, let's just say times were way different back then. First off, the culture 
or I guess I should say my culture because maybe it was different for other people, the culture in my world was dominated by action movies, <laughs> which set the tone for my childhood. In fact, I was essentially raised on movies like Rocky Three and Four, Top Gun, Iron Eagle, Bloodsport, and Kickboxer. Not to mention, it was also a time before the internet and social media, which meant that society wasn't drenched in fear and ideological programming such as microaggressions, identity politics, safe spaces, call-out culture, and intersectionality like it is today. So in other words, the 80s and 90s were way more raw. They were way more rough and tumble. Kids were allowed to be kids, and there wasn't constant parental supervision like there is Today, which meant you had to toughen up if you wanted to survive. So, quick side note I really miss those old action movies of the 80s and 90s. It was a simpler time with simpler movies about good guys versus bad guys, about kicking ass and taking names. And let's not forget about the montages. Nothing, and I mean nothing, pumped you up more than a training montage. In fact, one of the main reasons I became passionate about fitness is because of the training montages in Rocky 3 and 4. I mean, those two movies are like 80% responsible for the man I am today. (laughs) Those montages and all the montages were not only motivating, they actually promoted a good message that you must train your ass off and push beyond your own self-imposed limits and fears if you want to become better or if you want to get revenge. Either way, the message was about hard work, dedication, and determination. Likewise, it was the same ideals that probably shut down my emotional side. As a boy growing up in the 80s and 90s, we were taught to suppress our emotions, to never show weakness, and to push through the pain. Now, truth be told, I'm not saying this was necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I think it was a really good thing, and I'm glad I grew up how I did and when I did, because we are one of the last generations to be taught some valuable lessons about divine masculine energy. Unfortunately, while my upbringing was good, It was by no means perfect because I never found a balance between my masculine and feminine energies. And while that is a bummer, my issue, as I'm discovering, is not unique at all. Because when it comes to masculine and feminine energies, our entire society is uneducated and out of balance. Which is another good reason why the seven hermetic principles are so important. Because the seventh principle, the principle of gender, discusses this exact topic. The principle of gender states, gender is in everything. Gender has its masculine and feminine principles. Gender manifests on all planes. Now, as I've stated before, if the words gender, masculine, and feminine trigger you, have no fear. It is not your fault. You have been indoctrinated against your will to believe these words are bad. However, this is, however, now is as good a time as any to unchain yourself from this negative programming and free your mind. Because the truth is, masculine and feminine energies are 100% real. They are the energies necessary for creation, not just in the physical realm, but the mental and spiritual realms too. And if you want more information about this, I encourage you to go back and listen to my episode on the principle of gender, which is episode 29. See, a big reason why our current society is so divided, so physically unhealthy, 
mentally depressed and spiritually disconnected is because our ideas of the masculine and feminine have become warped and jaded. Now, obviously, as I'm sure you all know, as I'm sure you all know by now, I believe this was by design, but we don't need to go down that rabbit hole again. Anyway, the truth is, every one of us has both masculine and feminine energies flowing through us at all times. Now, when you look at someone's physical traits and mental makeup, you realize that some people are more, some people have more masculine energy, some people have more feminine energy, and others are more neutral. And depending on where you fall on that scale plays a huge role in how you view and interpret the world. So understanding where you fall on the scale is step one. Then step two is learning about the energies and what they mean. What role does masculine energy play? What role does feminine energy play? How are they different? How do the two energies complement each other? In all honesty, after learning about this stuff, I am surprised, but not really, that this isn't taught in school. Because learning and understanding the roles of these energies on all planes of existence is necessary not only for self-improvement, but also, but to also understand people with a different energetic makeup. I mean, think about it. Men and women are different. That's right, I said it. Despite what someone with blue hair will tell you, men and women are as different as night and day, summer and winter, the sun and the moon. We have different energies, different ways of interpreting the world, different motivations, different urges, different fears, different needs and wants. And because of this and the lack of education, we have a hard time properly communicating with each other. People with more masculine energy have never been taught how to properly interact with people who have more feminine energy and vice versa. Yes, it goes both ways. The men and women of today have never been taught how to communicate effectively with with each other. I mean, just look at the divorce rate in this country. And I'm part of those statistics as I am recently divorced. So anyway, as I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting a little sidetracked, but, uh, This is all to say that I'm extremely grateful and proud of my masculine upbringing because the world is in desperate need of divine masculine energy. However, I'm also realizing that my upbringing was far from perfect as I am significantly out of balance and could use a lot more understanding about feminine energy and how to interact with it and what roles it plays in my life and in society. And well, that's where Morosa came in. So before my diet, I had expectations of Morosa opening up my heart and finally allowing the emotions to come flooding in. And well, that is exactly what happened. But how it happened and when it happened was completely unexpected. See, there is this saying in the plant medicine community, you don't get what you want, you get what you need. And apparently what I needed was to go deeper into the masculine world and to learn all about testosterone, pine pollen, and beer. And see, it's funny because when friends of mine from the plant community found out I was dieting morosa, they teased me saying, you're going to turn into an emotional mess and be crying all the time. But as it turns out, morosa had different plans for me. And instead of opening me up emotionally, she first had me double down on my masculine energy and push me to get a deeper understanding of testosterone. And 
Before the Diet of Morosa, thanks to my childhood heroes of Sylvester Stallone, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and all the other action stars of the 80s and 90s, I've always been obsessed with fitness and trying to build a superhero physique. And well, when you dabble in that world, it doesn't take long before you start hearing about the role of testosterone. See, the scientific definition of testosterone is the primary sex hormone and anabolic steroid in males that plays a key role in the development of male reproductive tissues such as the testes and prostate, as well as promoting secondary sexual characteristics such as increased muscle and bone mass and the growth of body hair. In simpler terms, testosterone is what makes the difference between a man and a woman. It's what makes a man a man, at least on the physical plane. And the more that you have pumping through your system, the bigger, stronger, and faster you will be. Because of this, I've always been fascinated with ways of increasing testosterone, and there are many ways to do it. Of course, there is the pharmaceutical option which has been tempting, especially once I learned that all my childhood heroes were juiced to the gills, but there are a lot of problems with the pharmaceutical options, which I will get into shortly. So for the majority of my adult life, I have done everything I could to increase my testosterone naturally, including staying away from estrogenic foods, which I will also talk about later. So there There are two interesting facts, well, there's a lot of them, but two interesting facts about testosterone that I think most people know but are worth repeating. So one is that testosterone naturally starts to decrease in men once they hit the age of 30. So after the age of 30, a man can expect to lose 1% of his testosterone every year for the rest of his life, which obviously sucks, but it gets worse. Because the second thing is that free testosterone is in a rapid decline in men of all ages. See, the average 30-year-old of today has significantly lower testosterone than the average 30-year-old from 30 to 40 years ago. In other words, I have learned that today, low testosterone is an epidemic that affects all men at all ages. And this is the result of a whole host of factors such as a sedentary lifestyle, poor nutrition, lack of sunshine and connection to nature, chemicals in our food and water supplies such as pesticides, livestock hormones, microplastics, parabens, seed oils, estrogenic foods, participation trophies, the attack on masculine values, and the list goes on and on. See, we are living in a toxic world, and as a result, we are suffering the consequences. For men... Low testosterone means higher depression. And just look at the suicide rate for men compared to women. Low testosterone also means low sex drive, low muscle mass, increased body fat, and a lack of ambition and purpose. So what's a guy to do? Well, as I mentioned, you can go the pharmaceutical route, which has become extremely popular and lucrative for the pharmaceutical companies. Now, this option does work, but there are few problems with it. One, it can be expensive because to be done right, you need regular checkups and blood panels to make sure all hormone levels, all your hormone levels are in balance. Two, it's a pharmaceutical, right? That should be enough said. I mean, we all know these companies are about profits first and people second. 
again, not to beat a dead horse, but if the last two years have taught us anything, it's that these companies should not be trusted blindly. So yes, I'm sure there are companies that do this very well, but if you decide to go this route, please do your research. And three, the pharmaceutical grade testosterone works so well that it shuts down your body's natural production of testosterone. Now, this is not necessarily a bad thing, I guess, as long as you can maintain a regular supply. Uh, but, you know, in other words, if you go this route, there is a chance that you may d- be dependent on pharmaceuticals for the rest of your life. And I don't know about you, but this terrifies me because I always think about the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> now, if I am on bio- bioidentical testosterone replacement therapy, and then the apocalypse breaks out, I can no longer get, and I can no longer get my supply. Well, now I'm fucked, right? So, so now obviously I'm not a doctor and you need to do your own research, but if you are on pharmaceuticals, it may not be too late to switch over to a natural option, which leads me right into pine pollen. See, one day, right in the middle of my morosa diet, I somehow stumbled upon a video about pine pollen and how it contains the most phytoandrogens of any natural substance. And I was and I was as I was watching this video, Morosa popped into my intuition and gave and gave me the message to continue to look into this, to go deeper into this. So so I did, and it turns out that phytoandrogens are substances produced in plants that mimic naturally occur- occurring andro- androgens in humans, which means they produce effects very similar to that of testosterone in animals. And I know I've been talking mainly about men's health, but phytoandrogens and testosterone optimization is also extremely benef- beneficial for women as well. But please do your own research. Because whether you are a man or a woman, having optimal testosterone levels leads to increased sex drive, increased mood, a stronger body, better health, and numerous anti-aging effects. And when it comes to pine pollen, the best part is, not only is it natural and abundant, but it doesn't affect your body's natural ability to produce testosterone. See, there is a ton of research on the effectiveness of pine pollen, and from my personal experience, it is the real deal. After taking it, within a week, I started feeling more energetic, stronger, happier, hornier, and younger. And then after a couple months, I noticed a, an increase in lean muscle mass. Now, it was subtle, but let me tell you, the results were definitely, definitely noticeable. Then, unfortunately, because of my year-long diet, which I'm currently on, I'm not supposed to take pine pollen because it is a master plant, which is a real bummer. But I can say this, I've been off of it for two months and I still feel great despite the food restrictions, which means the effects are long lasting and my natural production of testosterone hasn't been affected at all, which is awesome because I, I, I was doing, I did pine pollen for about six months straight. So whether you are a man or a woman, I cannot recommend pine pollen enough. Anyway... While researching pine pollen, I then came across information about beer. 
And as soon as I stumbled upon this information, I got another nudge from Morosa encouraging me to look into this further. I talk I talked about beer on episode 37, which is called which is titled The German Purity Law of 1516, a conspiracy within a conspiracy within a conspiracy. <laughs> and let me tell you, what I learned while looking into beer absolutely blew my mind. See, it turns out that with the introduction of the German Purity Law of 1516, nearly all beer worldwide now contains hops. And what is interesting about this is hops is one of the most estrogenic foods on the planet. Hops contains phytoestrogens, which are basically the opposite of phytoandrogens. And phytoestrogens are one of the last things in the world you want to consume, especially if you already have low testosterone. In fact, the phytoestrogens in hops are so high that there are numerous reports of women back in the day having menstrual disturbances while harvesting hops. So think about that. By just touching the hops, these women were having their hormones altered. And this is where the beer rabbit hole starts to get crazy because we, we know that hops is the most estrogenic food on the planet. We know that thanks to the German purity law, nearly all beer contains hops. And we also know that in our current society, beer is promoted as a manly drink, which begs the question, do you think, do you think all of this is just a coincidence? Well, I don't know. I, all I'm saying is that once you realize that many ancient civilizations and even modern civilizations always treat their slaves badly, such as feeding them a poor diet, keeping them in subpar living conditions, keeping them uneducated, and never allowing them to train physically out of fear of them growing strong and revolting against their masters and the system that has kept them down. See, once you understand this, then today's attack on body image and masculinity suddenly makes a lot more sense. Now, think of the men today, specifically your stereotypical beer drinker. They have a gut and man titties, but not just any gut. We have a specific name for that type of gut. It's called a beer gut. And see, this is because high levels of estrogen in men reduce muscle mass and increase body fat, not to mention high levels of estrogen reduce sex drive, increase erectile dysfunction, which is another epidemic. Uh, High levels of estrogen also uh, increase infertility. It reduces motivation and it acts as a sedative. So for a supposed manly drink, the effects are quite the opposite. In fact, one of the reasons I stopped drinking nearly 10 years ago was because I didn't like how I felt afterwards. It dulled my senses and it made me sleepy and lethargic. So with all that in mind, I was surprised that I had suddenly found myself researching beer. And that is because I learned that before the German German purity law, hops was rarely if ever used in beers. These ancient beers were actually nothing like the beers of today. They contained many different medicinal plants such as sweet gale, yarrow, wild rosemary, wormwood, heather tips, spruce tips, honey, and many other medicinal herbs. Not to mention that the effects of these beers are the exact opposite of the beers of today. It was said that these beers were 
energetically and mentally stimulating, psychotropic, and sexually arousing. In fact, there are accounts of Viking warriors who would drink a form of these ancient brews before going to war or having sex. And see, I don't know about you, but this definitely sounds like my type of party. So I went on a mission searching the internet to find a beer without hops made in the old style. And it turns out it's basically impossible. I mean, they do exist, but they are not easy to find or obtain. So then Marosa once again popped up and told me that I need to start making these beers. So the next thing I know, I'm in a homebrew I'm in a home brew supply store asking questions and buying equipment. And when I told the store employee what I was doing, he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> he could not believe I was trying to make a beer without hops. <clears throat> so then I found this awesome book called, <coughs> excuse me, found this awesome book called Sacred and Herbal Healing Beers by Stefan Harold Buner. I found a recipe that seemed simple enough and I made my first batch of beer. My first batch contained wormwood, which is fascinating and highly, which is a fascinating and highly medicinal plant known for its powerful sacred energetic properties. Wormwood has a long history of medicinal and ceremonial uses, such as such as one of the traditional plants used in sweat lodges in sweat lodge ceremonies throughout North America because it is believed to help dissipate evil influences. Wormwood is best known for its use in absinthe, aka the green fairy, which is highly which is a highly alcoholic drink that is said to have hallucinogenic properties that was popular throughout Europe until the early 20th century. See, wormwood contains thujone, which is said to be a cousin of THC, which is where the psychotropic effects come from. I will say that the wormwood beer turned out fairly good. I was I was pleased with my first attempt. While I wouldn't say that the Wormwood beer was necessarily psychotropic, it definitely had a mild, mind-altering feeling that was that not only felt different but felt clearer and that felt clearer and cleaner and more stimulating from that of a standard beer. There is there's actually a lot of potential in a Wormwood beer and I'm going to make a new batch really soon. After the success of Wormwood, I made a few other batches with one, uh, one with Yarrow and Devil's Club, one with Yarrow, Pine Pollen, and Coca, and another one with Yarrow, Devil's Club, and Coca. And I'm really happy with these beers for several reasons. They taste good. They are unique. You can't find a brew anywhere with these ingredients. And they have strong medicinal qualities. The plants used are highly regarded as medicinal plants. Devil's Club, for example, is a fascinating plant. It's considered to be a prehistoric. It is considered to be prehistoric, and I believe it. I believe it only grows in the rainforests of the Pacific Northwest, from Oregon all the way up to Alaska. Uh, it is also considered to be the main medicine by nearly every indigenous culture who inhabits the Pacific Northwest. Devil's Club is considered a medicinal panacea, which means it is a cure-all. As it, is known, as it is known to help with healing lung and stomach issues, arthritis, pain, sugar imbalances, diabetes. It has anti-cancer properties. It is very stimulating, and it also helps with testosterone production. On the energetic side, it helps with purification to ward off curses for supernatural protection, for strength, 
healing and as and as a strong ally and guide in the spiritual world. Then there's yarrow, which is also fascinating because it grows everywhere, including the side of the road. Most people don't even notice it and probably think it is just a weed, but it is one of the most widely used medicinal herbs in the world known to all indigenous peoples and folk herbalists who have access to it. It is known to help with fever, flus, and cold, digestive issues, and to stop bleeding and to heal wounds. In fact, the Latin name for yarrow is Achillea miliafolum, which means the thousand-leaf plant of Achilles. See, it is said that the great warrior Achilles used the plant to heal all the wounds sustained in battle of both himself and all of his men. So think about that. So think about that plant that is connected to Achilles, right? How cool is that? Of course I'm going to use that in my beer. So when when used in beer, yarrow is said to have aphrodisiac, aphrodisiac properties and is known to increase the inebriating effect of alcohol as it also contains thujorn, just like wormwood. And on a spiritual side, it is believed to help you heal all your energetic wounds and return your strength, just like it did for Achilles. So, I and then I use pine pollen for obvious reasons, which I mentioned, to increase testosterone and to make the beers more sex, sexually stimulating. Then there is coca, which is another powerful uh, medicinal plant known for its energetic enhancing effects. See, one of the coolest things about these beers is they are not beers at all. They are more like fermented medicinal herbal tonics, which are intended to be consumed for physical, mental, and spiritual enhancement. These are not something you use to get drunk so you can numb your senses and forget about your problems. Instead, they are meant to be consumed so you can experience life to the fullest. What's really cool about these tonics is that the fermentation actually enhances the medicinal qualities of plants. Alcohol is a good medium for extracting the medicine or spirits from the plants. This is also why tinctures are so powerful. See, a tincture, if you didn't know, is when you take medicinal plants and soak them in high-proof alcohol to extract the medicinal components. This is why I'm so excited about these beers, because it is a tasty and fun way to enhance the medicinal qualities of plants while also stimulating your mind, body, and spirit. And speaking of tinctures, I'm happy to announce that I'm currently making tinctures from Canadian harvested pine pollen that is raw and uncracked, which I'm currently selling. See, this pine pollen is like no other because almost all of the pine pollen in the world comes in the form of cracked cell wall. Cracking the cell wall causes the pine pollen to oxidize rapidly, making it much less effective than pine pollen in its natural state. Not to mention, most of the pine pollen you can get comes from China. The, pi- the pine pollen I use comes from North America, and, and I shouldn't have to tell you why there are numerous reasons that this is better. So the price for these pine pollen tinctures are around $60 per four ounce bottle, which lasts about a month. Now, obviously the price is subject to change based on many factors. So hit me up for the latest price and shipping is extra. But I will say this, 
you will have a hard time finding a tincture that is better and cheaper than what I got. Not to mention, I make mine in small batches with medicinal energetic practices I have learned over the last five years, which I can all but guarantee no other distributor is doing. Okay, so as promised at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to give you a list of supplements that will increase your testosterone naturally. So the first one is a pine pollen tincture. So you take two milliliters two to three times per day. Then there's Tungat Ali, which is which you take 500 milligrams one to two times a day. Then there's Tribulus, 1,000 milligrams one to two times a day. Fidogia agrestis, 600 milligrams one time a day. And Stinging Nettle Root, 750 milligrams one time a day. So... What's awesome about this protocol is all these products are plants, which means they are all 100% natural and work synergistically and in harmony with your body. Of course, you should take these supplements along with a clean diet and exercise. And if people are interested, I will start doing episodes intended to teach people how to raise their testosterone naturally and holistically. I have over 15 years of experience with fitness and nutrition. And so if you're looking for help, my email's in the show notes. Hit me up and I will see what I can do. I will put a list of supplements and I will put this list that I just said of supplements in the show notes. Okay, so before I wrap up this episode, I need to get back to Marosa. So after taking me down this journey of testosterone, I had a ceremony at the beginning of December of 2022. During that ceremony, Marosa popped in and said, I haven't forgotten about your emotions and your heart. At that point, my heart cracked wide open and I was flooded with emotions and feminine energy. I experienced loss, sadness, grief, love, fear, gratitude, joy, and compassion. It was intense to say the least, but it was so beneficial. Now, obviously, I am still a work in progress, but I can tell you since dieting Marosa almost a year ago, I am way more balanced in my masculine and feminine energies. I have way more compassion. I have way more compassion. I am more aware of my emotions. And for the first time in my life, my heart feels wide open. And I don't know what else to say. It just keeps getting weirder. See you on the other side. Oh,